this week, uh, a tragedy happened. And uh, over the course of the next episode, we are going to explore this tragedy and see have the tensions of political manipulation finally been pushed over the line. Welcome back. I'm Noah Huey, and this is Under the Stars. Welcome back to the show. There's a, f- a few things I need to mention before we actually get into the f- into the episode. Uh, first of all, uh, what the background you're seeing behind me? Uh, no, it is not. It is not my room where I'm usually doing the podcast, where I'm usually doing the show. Uh, uh, due to certain circumstances, um, we I had to kind of work with uh, something I've got going on. So for the premiere episode of season four, uh, we're going to start off in a in a little bit of a different spot. But I think hopefully it should work out just fine. I know the lighting's not the best and all, and I'm hoping that the the computer, like, blasting its light onto me is a little helpful. I might turn it down just for my own eye's sake. Um, and I just... I'm hoping that everything works out at least sort of okay for everyone um, and all of that. So, yeah, so that's that. Uh, by next week's episode, by episode two, everything will be back to normal. Um, so don't expect this to be, like, a new thing that you're just going to see all the time. This is just a temporary thing for the for the first episode. Well, it's not for the first episode. It's just, it'll end up in the first episode. Firstly, uh, first of all, welcome back. Welcome to season four, I think I should say. Season four, excited to finally get to um, have have this. Uh, make sure, if you don't already, to follow my Instagram. That's at Huey Noah. That's at H-U-G-H-U-Y-N-O-A-H. That's at Huey Noah. Uh, also, you can support the show by buying uh, my merchandise, it's in the, um, or my books, or my books, in the shop section of my new website, which is uh, https colon forward slash forward slash realnoahuey2135.wixsite.com forward slash under the stars show, all one word, forward slash, uh, I believe home it is, or maybe it's just under the stars show and that's where it stops, I, I don't fully remember, it's at the shop section. Um, the, the, the new website, it's, you can find it also on my Instagram, so you can just go there. Um, but yeah, that's the actual like link and all that. But, uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it because just like last year, like the, uh, year before, uh, year started off with a bang and, uh, quite literal, a quite literal bang and uh, a very big disgrace to the United States of America. So let's, let me, um, read through this for, for you for a moment. I'm sure you're already aware of it. I, I highly doubt people who listen to this show, even people who listen to my show for the very first time, don't know about this, especially if they are from the United States. But let me, let me read it anyway. So, the U.S. Capitol is once again secured, uh, but a woman is dead after supporters of President Trump breached one of the most iconic American buildings, engulfing the nation's capital in chaos, after Trump urged his supporters to fight against the ceremonial counting of the electoral votes that will confirm President-elect Joe Biden's win. Um, shortly after 1 p.m. ET, Eastern Time, Wednesday, hundreds of pro-Trump protesters pushed through the barriers set up along the perimeter of the Capitol where they tussled with officers in full riot gear, some calling the officers traitors for doing their jobs. About 90 minutes later, police say demonstrators got into the building and, and the to the doors of the House and the Senate, uh, or they were being locked. Shortly after the House floor was evacuated by police, Vice President uh, Pence was also evacuated from the Capitol, where he was to perform his role in the counting of the electoral votes. An armed standoff took place at the House front door as of 3 p.m., uh, and police officers had their guns drawn at someone who was trying to breach it. A Trump supporter was also pictured standing at the Senate... Uh, uh, the Senate... Um, 
I don't know what that actually is supposed to say. I think that's supposed to say something else, but it looks like there's a typo there. It's standing near the Senate earlier. A woman is dead after being shot in the chest on, uh, on the Capitol grounds. D.C. police confirmed. More information on the shooting was not immediately available, and a police spokesperson said additional details will come later. Multiple officers have been injured, with at least one transported to the hospital uh, at the time. Smoke grenades were used on the Senate side of the Capitol as police work to clear the building of the rioters. Windows on the west side of the Senate have been broken, and hundreds of officers are amassing on the first floor of the building. The Senate floor was cleared of rioters by 3.30, and an officer told uh, CNN at the time that they had successfully squeezed them away from the Senate wing of the building and towards the rotunda, and they are, being removed, or they are removing them from the east and west doors of the Capitol. It's not clear if any of the individuals have been taken into custody. Well, that was at the time. By this point now, multiple individuals have been taken into custody. The, the Capitol Police worked to secure the second floor of the Capitol first, and were seen just before 5 p.m. pushing demonstrators off the steps on the east side of the building with about 30 minutes to go before Washington, D.C.'s 6 p.m. Uh, curfew set by uh, Mayor Bowser uh, as it started, hoping that would make people go home. Washington police amassed in a long line to push the mob back from the Capitol grounds. It took roughly until 4 or 540 uh, for the building to once again be secure, according to the sergeant-at-arms. This is the first time since 1814 during the War of 1812 that the capital of the United States was breached. The last time, it was done by the British, uh, and they burned it and the rest of Washington, D.C. to the ground. Uh, there are lots of different theories behind why this happened, uh, what, what's, the, what's the reasoning, and so on and so on. What I see... Uh, what my first thought is, but what I see even to this point, is Trump supporters doing what what people on the left have done have already kind of crossed the line on. So, if you don't already know, my my whole thing with political parties and entire all of these ideologies, the whole political compass, everything and everyone in it, my whole thing is that it it actually corrupts the mindset of people. It it, it trains them to uh, seek political utopia. Um. Through an unintelligent populace, they are uh, convinced that if we do not have all power forever on one side of the aisle, well, then America's dead. And uh, uh, the presidents like Trump are big enforcers of this because Trump, in my opinion, despite his favorable socioeconomic position, is actually very similar to a lot of average people. Uh, a very, for the most part, unintelligent person. Who, um, you know, this is a man who who thinks Fox News is more trustworthy, or did, than the CIA, than the top intelligence and uh, art or artificials, the top intelligence officials in the country, because Fox News news needs ratings. His perception of uh, what reliable sources look like is very flawed, a lot like most Americans, uh, blinded by ignorance. And radicalized by partisanship, I think this is Trump supporters seeing the end of democracy, the end of America, just as Trump said it would be. Trump himself, who I think is highly, highly responsible for this, uh, uh, said, if you don't go up there and fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. Excuse my language, I'm, I'm, I'm quoting him here, but he said that. Uh, Rudy Giuliani came up before him and he said, uh, let's have trial by combat. Uh, who else? Ah, right. Uh, Representative Mo Brooks came up there. He said, uh, again, excuse my uh, language here. Um, I think I've avoided it on this show for the most part, but I'm going to use it here. Uh, Representative Brooks said, quote, uh, I remember, what did he say? He said, oh, I think he said, it's time to start... Uh, taking some names and kicking ass. Uh, again, excuse the profanity, but uh, it's important to note just how violent the language is. Just how, uh, uh, I, I would call it over the line, the language is. And it all, you know, you take the culmination of an intelligent, or of an incredibly unintelligent society, uh, blinded by political partisanship, 
and uh, manipulation by political engines whose only goal is to use them as pawns for power. Uh, and you throw all this really heavy rhetoric on, uh, uh, you know, if you don't physically go in and try and beat the system to death because you didn't win, America's dead. I argue the only point with which America will be dead is the point in which either side truly does get the type of power that it actually wants. Of course, I've been watching the news day after day after day after this after this is happening, and uh, police, law enforcement officials are saying that there's actually this, a lot of this may have been pre-planned, and that there's actually potentially plans to do more. I, I'm going to, I think I talk about that later. I could be wrong. No, so I, I, um, I'll go into that right now since I didn't actually list it off. So uh, there's supposedly online chatter from extreme right-wing uh, groups to attack the Capitol again on the inauguration this upcoming Wednesday of President Joe Biden uh, and, uh, and potentially all 50 state capitals. Now, of course, online chatter and actual action are two very different things. Uh, but personally, I believe that uh, it's entirely possible. I mean, if they can pull off what they pulled off last Wednesday, or let me think, now it's two Wednesdays ago, uh, then, then this is entirely possible. It just, it, it's a matter of not, you know, will they do this? It's a matter of uh, just how angry and blind are these people. Now, of course, there's lots of people on the right that are saying, uh, oh, this wasn't us, it wasn't us. In some videos of people, they're saying, oh, that woman who said she was me, she's got an onion in her hand. That's, that's likely. I saw the video. I saw, yeah, that could probably be an onion. But then somehow that one woman in a crowd of literally hundreds of thousands, because if there's one thing Trump knows how to do, it's amass a crowd, which actually, in my opinion, does not is not a good thing. Amassing a crowd means absolutely nothing if your ideas are uh, are are um, are nothing but dangerous, if not ridiculous. Uh, but somehow the conclusion that was came to was that because she might have been faking it, most likely was faking it. I've watched the video a couple times, and I there's a very high chance that I think that woman probably cut an onion or something and, and made herself look like she got all tear, teary-eyed and such. Uh, but just because that one woman is faking it does not mean a crowd of hundreds of thousands, I mean thousands, are faking it. The other theory is, oh, no, no, Trump supporters could never do this. It's entirely impossible. It was Antifa. That guy, the guy with the bullhorns, yeah, that was Antifa. That other guy, yeah, Antifa. Everyone's Antifa. Everyone who did that is Antifa. Trump supporters are physically incapable of actually committing a form of, uh, an act of violence. Do you know how stupid that sounds? Of course Trump supporters are, are perfectly capable of committing acts of violence. The notion that it is not physically possible is ludicrous. Human beings are capable of enacting violence, especially when you take into account that uh, only that not even half the country knows its own rights. So along those, along that basic theory, we go, okay, so if the country's highly ignorant, and if the country really accepts the words of a president who has, if nothing else, uh, spoke with um, spoke with uh, unintelligent babble. And they take his words as if he's God, and the words of an actual statesman of any sort uh, as if he's, you know, Adolf Hitler. Uh, well, then of course it's possible. I mean, we've seen radicalized groups burn down that exact same, well, not burn down, but attack that exact same city. BLM riots. Okay? Uh, now, when it comes to the issue of Black Lives Matter, I spoke about this on the episode right around the time Ahmed, Ahmed Arbery died. Uh, I support the movement wholeheartedly because we are only uh, 30 or, or 30 or 40 years outside of the civil rights movement. Well, I, no, I'm wrong. That's about 50 or, si or si almost 60 or 70 years. I've got that mixed up. We're about 60 or 70 years after the initial civil rights movement happened, but that extended up into the 80s and 90s. So yeah, 30 or 40 could still fix. You, you must understand, at legal rights, when it comes to de jure, I think well, I don't think it's pronounced de jure. It might be pronounced. De, I pronounce it de jure. 
when it comes to the de jure segregation and de jure racism, the law does not recognize race in any sort of way that I am aware of. Okay, I, and I just recently came to grasp with this idea because I was that conservative who constantly said, oh, oh, well, the law, everyone's equal in the eyes of the law, so racism solved. Like, that's not that's not how it works. There are two types. There's de jure and de facto. Okay? De jure racism in the United States is completely over as far as I'm concerned. There is hardly, if any, part of the United States law that even remotely uh, sees African Americans, Hispanics, um, Asians, anyone is lesser. Uh, and if, uh, and if, it, if it does at any point, then of course, change it. Because the, the basic prospect in the United States is that we are all equal and must be treated as such in the eyes of the law. However, when it comes to de facto racism, of course that still exists. You can't just change people like you can just change the law. It takes decades maybe even a century, to change the minds of even just a couple people, let alone an entire civilization. Uh, anyways, I, I'm going off on a tangent. Let me go back to my original point. So, I, I support the movement, not the organization. The organization is incredibly shady. They've, they've taken in all this money over the course of seven years, yet black communities have not been helped in any form, way, shape, or form, yet all of a sudden these politicians are getting you know, all this money to campaign off of, and then they, they campaign, BLM funds them, the organization BLM, it funds these politicians, mostly Democrats, uh, as if they're going to suddenly change everything, and then when they get elected, they don't. When they get elected, they don't even invite them to the White House. Um... But when it comes to the movement, of course, I support it, as should you. Um, but they get violent, too. Because a lot of these people either don't... Because the issues they want fixed also have layers to them. Just like how the issues with corruption and stuff that Trump supporters and those QAnon people that they want and the people who want to drain the swamp, there are layers to that issue. It's, it's not just this cartoon fairyland where it's good versus evil, yada, yada, yada. There are levels to it. It's part of the complex nature of humanity. And I think a lot of, not a lot of, but a good number of these BLM people, people who participated in these riots, not the, not the peaceful protests, but the physical riots, uh, the ones uh, that did participate in it are those types that, again, blinded by partisanship and uh, intellectually disenfranchised by the public school system, if they got a chance to go through even a fairly good school, um, uh, are in a rage. They want change, and they want it now. They don't want to wait. That's stupid. Um, and uh, it, part of that problem actually is the fact that it is de facto racism that I think we are still dealing with in the United States. They, they want to legislate away racism. When you've already solved racism, well, not solved racism, when you've already addressed it to the point to which it is not nearly non-existent, when it comes to the legal uh, uh, position of, of race, of race relations in the United States, there is no uh, further a place you can go. And the problem is the people want to look to elected leaders or to elect leaders and tell them, legislate racism away for me, please. That's impossible. You can't uh, legislate away racism. That is our duty. Uh, as people of the nation, it is our duty to look at these instances and to influence our fellow man and, and to put that seed in the in the that intellectual seed in the minds of our communities to go yeah racism is bad if a guy dresses up in blackface we should shame that man and try and help him become better and try and, and show him the error of his ways we shouldn't have the police go and lock him up uh that the only point where that becomes necessary is in terms of hate crimes and such but again uh, political ignorance, or not political ignorance, ignorance in general and political manip manipulation leads to this violence. And we've seen it now recently with BLM and of course now with the Trump people. The worst takeaway, however, for me is that when looking at this situation, the left and the right did what they always have done, which is the biggest disappointment in American history for me. I was hoping everyone would look at this Capitol riot and really evaluate, you know, both sides have committed very vile acts of, of violence, or, yeah, violence. 
Uh, well, real quick, let me go back. I, I should address the Antifa thing. So Trump supporters are saying Antifa um, uh, messed with that. And that's possible, actually. I, I can say that. It is possible. We saw it with the BLM. There were plenty of BLM protests that were perfectly peaceful, perfectly wonderful. Uh, and these Antifa thugs stepped in and were like, let's, let's ruin everything. Um, because they're, they're nothing but degenerate scum uh, who have no life. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's possible, but I'm going to be honest with you, uh, it's, I don't see it as likely. And even if Antifa did initiate the violence at the Trump rally around the Capitol, do you mean to tell me that all, it's like 100, 200, maybe even 300,000 people that broke in and committed those violence, all of that was Antifa? I don't believe it. That idea is ludicrous. And it's clearly a sign that your ignorance and, and the political manipulation that empowers your ignorance has led you to create a bubble of cognitive dissonance around yourself where you sit and rock in a corner and pretend that you are not capable of bad. It is time that we as Americans accept that perhaps these ideologies are all equally bad in their sense that they have become so... Uh, perhaps radicalized is the word I should use in that they all want utopia. They all believe that it is somehow, it is somehow possible. They all have subscribed to the ridiculous notion that my ideals and my ideals alone are all righteous and all good. And everyone who doesn't accept them is, is an awful human being who either deserves to be silenced or killed. Uh, that's what's happening. And what I was hoping was that when the left and the right saw this, they really sat back and reevaluated, you know, are our, are our ideologies that worth it? Are they really destroying this nation's true liberty to such an extent that we will now, we are now willing to coordinate this plan to siege the most honorable building in the United States and kidnap and kill members of Congress because they won't, they refuse to break the rules of the Constitution. Are our ideologies really so noble uh, that we can't accept that maybe perhaps we are uh, actually not as good as we are? Is, is that, is that, is it not possible that perhaps our ideologies are in fact either too extreme at, the, at this point, or always were this evil. But instead, the left and the right began making excuses. Like I said, they've done this before, just like they always have done. Just like they always have done, the left and the right began making excuses. The right goes, ah, this isn't us. No, it's not us, because we're not capable of doing it. Do you understand how stupid that sounds? Of course you're capable of doing it. You're a human being. Not only that, but you're a human being in a society of human beings that is, in my opinion, some of the dumbest in the world. Of course you're capable of doing that. Dumb people are incredibly over-emotional. And that's actually a wonderful quality. People who are not very in intellectually inclined are people who are very emotionally inclined. And that's a very important thing to have. But the problem is, it, it, that also means that Emotions like anger become strong, and when your anger becomes strong, uh, and you and you add that to the fact that there's lots of manipulation by people in charge who are the or orchestrators of these political engines, Republicans, Democrats, left, right, um, who only intend to use you as pawn for power, it, 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 obviously it's going to culminate to this. Uh, so, that, so the right's doing that, and the left goes, well... Our protests were better than yours. They were for a good reason. I should say our riots were better than yours. And here's the thing. I, I've really, really thought about this, and I've really considered this. I, I, I had to sit down for myself and think, okay, I could just say, no, violence is bad, always and forever. And I do believe that. However, there is a point where I do believe that, you know, if it wasn't for orchestrated acts of violence, if it wasn't for issues like the Boston Massacre and the miniature riot that started that, uh, well, then America would have likely never existed. So then I think to myself, is there a point where if the, your intentions are good, is there a point with which the violence you commit, commit is good? And the conclusion that I think I've come to, and I'm still learning this, I've, 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 
recently followed a man who is a, a very, very wonderful person. Will Roosh, I think it's pronounced. Will, Will Roosh, something like that. Um, you can follow him on Instagram. He's a very wonderful man. He, I think he's a teacher um, from California. And he's got v three very simple principles that I, that I admire and respect very much. That when you are coming to situations, when you're thinking about these types of conversations and situations, that you come in it with three simple philosophies. Uh, come to it, especially to people who disagree with you, come to it with genuine curiosity, intellectual humility, and grace. Wonderful philosophy, in my opinion. I I'm very much inspired by this man. Uh, and when I really sat back at this, I thought, okay, genuine curiosity. Is there a point with which the violence we commit is justified or good? For depending on the reason you're, you're, you're doing it. Uh, intellectual humility. Well, let's think about this. Violence always will take from you. Whether it's from you personally or from people in general, doesn't matter. The point is, violence of any sort will take. Boston Massacre, lives are lost. Uh, uh, BLM riots. Businesses destroyed. Entire communities, a lot of them black communities, economically uh, wasted on top of an already economic downturn during a pandemic. Capital riot. Lives of our elected leaders put in danger. A woman is dead. A police officer has now died, and there were multiple officers that sustained, sustained serious injury. Sometimes what you lose is an economic thing. Oh, my, my favorite... Uh, my favorite cup broke. Sometimes what you lose is life. And the biggest issue that really grinds my gears is the fact that it always, for some reason, it always takes destruction and death to even for just a moment wake up Republicans and Democrats, to wake up the left and the right and say, look, you idiot, look what you've done. They will happily and ignorantly look away from all the damage that they cause to the lives of average, honest Americans who simply wish to exist with their natural rights, and they will allow their lives to be ruined, all in the name of their ideologically inconceivable utopias and political uh, pipe dreams. Well, let's return to grace. Well, it's interesting, honestly. Violence is the final stand. It is the sign of a desperate person who doesn't want to be, uh, in certain cases, losing their homes, in other cases losing their family, in other cases losing their freedom. It all depends. It's situational, as many, many, many things are in, in this country and in political discourse. You can't generalize everything. So it's situational. However, certain things are destroyed for the wrong reasons. In your head, it seems right. These Trump supporters who committed this violence, they aren't going in there laughing like maniacal supervillains. So if you think that, you're wrong. These BLM people who are attacking cops, uh, they aren't cartoon Disney villains who are, you know, who <laughs> who sit in dark rooms and go, how are we going to beat up policemen today for no reason? Both sides, these are, these are just ignorant, unhappy people who have been pushed to their limit, and they honestly believe that if this doesn't happen now, if I don't fight now, I will be lost. That is the damage to which political manipulation affects people. The BLM people who, who commit violence don't realize that that's not going to solve de facto racism, the racism that affects America still. The capital people don't realize what you're fighting for is highly unproved. 60 U.S. courts, including the Ninth Circuit and the Supreme Court of the United States, said that your theory of massive underground uh, election fraud has no backing behind it. Uh, that 
the, the, the election fraud we caught has flipped counties, not states. What they... What happens then is that you must realize, well, perhaps these ideologies, perhaps uh, the political engines with which, or the, the, the ideals we subscribe to, what if they aren't all righteous? There's a very basic idea that should be in federal government, and in government in general. These people want to protect their natural rights, and these people want to protect their natural rights, and they don't want to intrude onto each other's. That is the idea that I think could sustain a Congress split by political party, by ideology, and it could still stand. I used to believe that we had to go independent, that they, that they just couldn't exist. And, and a part of me personally thinks that we should still do that. But when it comes to an actual strategy, it's not about kicking them out. It's about bringing them back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. <laughs> I'm going to put the rest of the song in their part. Uh, but I've lost my train of thought because of that joke. <laughs> so what matters is getting them to, to wake up. That is why I refuse to, to take a political ideology test. That's why I refuse to accept or acknowledge the political compass because this is what it does. It creates ignorant partisan violence based upon inconceivable utopias and the strive to make one out of an already free society. The way, I, the way the analogy I use is that politics right now, in terms of the parties and ideologies and all that, it's like a board game. And everyone's cheating on the board game. What I want to do is wake up, put my hands under the board, and flip the whole thing over. I want all the pieces to jump around the world, not room. And I want people to look up from this imaginary world they've created and look and go, oh my gosh. We've destroyed, like, the whole, everything in the real world is a mess because the political games of of these pro-Trump supporters and the political games of these Biden, Bernie, Democrat, whatever, left-wing people, they don't help anyone. All it does is further create the contention that is destroying this country and take away from the integrity of the notion that we are not here to destroy each other. We're here to preserve the natural rights of people like us and to make sure we don't step on the natural rights of people not like us. And that's a very interesting, complex discussion to have. And it's one that I think is necessary and as soon as possible necessary uh, to have. Otherwise, America truly won't exist because it will eventually, one day, one of these sides is going to get what they want. One day, there may be a successful capital riot. Because let me tell you this, I don't think this is the last time we'll see this. Not unless we, we do what I'm suggesting now and pull them out of their fake, fake world and show them reality. Either do that or we have to get rid of them entirely is the two options I see happening here. We need to do in one way or another, get the partisanship out of here, which is a daunting task in and of itself. But it is a necessary one if we intend to preserve the dignity and the basic notion that we are here to protect the natural rights among which are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for all citizens. Um, and, uh, I was going to make a point, but I've forgotten it now, so I'm going to leave it at that. Um, it was a shame to see, um, oh, I remember now. If, if we don't pull people out of the politically, out of this ignorant game that they're playing left versus right bullcrap, if we do not pull them out of that, then a capital riot is, is more than likely to happen again. Because... Further playing into your ignorance is what caused this to happen in the first place. If you play into the ignorance and go, ha-ha, Trumpies, you think you can't do anything bad? Look at this. You're not helping, moron. You're making it worse. If you want to help this country, stop being an ignorant fool. Open your mind. Look at the possibility that I'm wrong. Look at the possibility that you're wrong. Look at the possibility that you're right. It's about being okay with being wrong. It's about wanting to preserve the natural rights of your fellow citizen.
because that is the basic dream. That is what made America the beacon of freedom. Not the fact that we were Republican and open economy and capitalism. Not the fact that we're Democrat and have social uh, programs and are, are, are friendly with immigrants. That's not what makes America a beacon, a beacon of freedom. It's not left-wing or right-wing ideologies or ideals. It's the basic fact that we said that what matters most is that people who become citizens in this amazing country have the right to exist. There are so many countries that don't have that right. There are so many people that live under fear for their religion, for their sexual orientation, for their identity, for their political beliefs, for, for any reason. And countries like China, and now Hong Kong, which is now part of China, uh, again, uh, people simply don't get to exist at all. So this idea that there's a country out there that just says, yeah, you can exist. We're only going to stop you if you threaten everyone else's right to exist. Like, that's amazing. But it's getting ruined by the partisanship of the left and the right. And so we need to get rid of that partisanship and remind everyone that we are not here to preserve one side or the other. We're not here to decide which one is better because neither one is better. You know what's better? Freedom is. Real freedom. Not this prepackaged fake version that the left and the right, sorry, that the left and the right sell you so that you'll vote for them. No, the real one. The real one where a communist and a capitalist live next door to each other, vigorously debate their economic beliefs, and still are able to go to the neighborhood barbecue. Like, that's fantastic. There's like, there's almost no other country where that's possible. And thanks to us, other countries are opening up that possibility. More democracies are existing as every year passes, but if the leading democracy in the world that even pushed this trend in the first place starts falling apart because of partisan politics, then it, I guarantee you it will happen again here and it will start dominoing in every other country on earth. And we do not need that type of regression in the world. It's a basic choice. Partisanship political utopia, or freedom, liberty. I'm sure that went on for a while, that rant. Oh, yeah. I mean, that covered up, like, almost all the time. I accidentally did something. I hope I'm still recording. Please tell me I'm still recording. I believe I am, but I don't want to, to chance it. Yeah, I, I'm still going. Sorry. <laughs> I, I was worried that my thing wasn't working. Uh, before I, so I've already gone on for a very, very long time. So let me go ahead and uh, jump into, back into this. So make sure to follow my Instagram. That's at Huey Noah. That's at H-U-G-H-U-Y-N-O-A-H. That's at Huey Noah. And you can support my show by buying merch or my books from the shop section of my website. My new website link is, a, is in my Instagram bio, or if you just want me to read it out for you here, it's https colon forward slash forward slash real Noah Huey 2135.wixsite.com forward slash under the stars show. I believe that's it uh, to get to the website. I also have a blog section now and a, a contact me section. Um, so I've got the shop. I've got all that great fun stuff. You can listen to all four seasons now. Uh, but there's also a... Um, there's a, a section where you can send me emails uh, if you want to send me a message, if you want to debate a point I said in an episode, if you'd like to ask to be on or something. I'm not sure. Um, it also gives you uh, my PO address. So if you are someone who, I don't know, likes to send people you like stuff, you can send something here for me and I, I can open it on the show and react to it or, or anything like that. Um, and then I also have the blog section where I just wrote an article about the Capitol breach and then I also had an article that I had written back before the turn of the year. So make sure to check all that fun stuff out. It's great. Anyway, so despite everything that happened, the Congress reconvened in, uh, in uh, orderly fashion and certified the election results of 2020, certifying uh, President Joe Biden. I'll read some of this, even though I don't really need to... Congress confirmed President-elect jo Joseph R. Biden Jr.'s victory early Thursday morning, hours, hours, morning, hours after the, the mob of loyalists urged on President Trump stormed and occupied the Capitol, disrupting the first final electoral count in a shocking display of violence that shook the core of American democracy. Quote, after everything happened, uh, Trump said, quote, even though I totally disagree with the outcome of the election and the facts bear bear me out. Nevertheless, there will be an orderly transition January 20th, in quote, he said in a statement. 
Mr. Trump's comments came moment after Mr. Biden's victory was certified shortly before 4 a.m. by a joint section of Congress presided over by Vice President Mike Pence. That's all I need to read to you. I just wanted to, to comment on the resilience of the American Congress, the fact that they were, they were able to pull together after all of this and show that loyalism, political partisanship, it doesn't always win, even in a system that benefits partisans. Uh, and, and democracy overtook the day. Joe Biden will be the 46th president of the United States. Kamala Harris will be the, uh, I forget what number it is, I believe it's the, I forget, it's somewhere around, it's, it's, I don't remember the number. She will be the next vice president of the United States. Uh, and there's nothing you can do to change that besides vote in the next election, which I will be able to, so I'm excited for that. Um, and a couple things related to that. So Trump says he would leave office as a response. I think I already read the quote from that other article, but I'll read through here and see if it President Donald Trump early Thursday morning acknowledged for the first time he will leave office. He didn't say he concedes. He still thinks he won. And in fact, there's reports from inside the White House, from top White House aides, that behind closed doors, he's still telling everyone he won. Which shows that Trump only ever cared about himself. This idea that Trump ever cared about anything or anyone but himself and his image as president is ludicrous. You want to know the truth? Trump wanted to be the next Abraham Lincoln. He wanted you and your kids and your grandkids and every generation of Americans for the next 130 years to, to read and learn and discuss him as if he was Abraham Lincoln. Because that's all he's ever cared about. He likes being the winner. He, he, my, friend, my friend put it best when he said he cares more about the portrait they're going to put up of him after he leaves, than he in, leaves the White House than he does uh, using the powers he has because of the White House um, to do good. Which is completely true. Uh, Trump cares more about his image, about about the fact, about the idea of whether or not you're going to worship him like a martyr after he's gone, than he actually does doing things. That's why he can drone strike twice the amount of countries as Obama and get away with it, and nobody care. Oh, look at the jobs. Oh, look at the economy. That's fantastic. But the United States is not just a giant. Uh, Giant, um, I, I keep wanting to say GPA, that's not the word, um, GDP. The, the GDP does not suddenly determine the, the health of America. Racism is still a big problem, and a lot of it happens to be in, and a lot of it seems to be coming from places of power. What the heck? Let's solve that. Trump goes, no, it's fine. It's totally good. Look at the jobs. The jobs are fantastic. There's no reason to worry about anything else because the the jobs are great. You know, foreign relations with other nations. What's that? <laughs> foreign relationships. However, he did do good things. Here's the thing. Even if he didn't care, even if he was more concerned about whether or not you would worship him for it, he did do good things. Lowest black and Hispanic unemployment in the history of the country. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, what's another thing? Peace relations between Israel and Palestine and, and a lot of the Middle East, even though I'm not 100% sure about how that'll hold out. I mean, the fact that he got him to even do that, that's pretty cool. Again, jobs in the economy, as much as I think he uses it to distract people, that's still, it was a good thing. Unfortunately, it all crashed with coronavirus, and as coronavirus spiked, Trump suddenly let his ego get to him, and instead of trying to work to keep that alive, he just kept talking about how right he was about everything in the entire universe. So that didn't help. But the fact now, and here's the thing, right-wingers right now are saying, you know, oh, liberals are so dumb. They're saying he didn't uh, say that the violence was bad. And then they're like, here's four videos of Trump saying that the violence at the Capitol was bad. Trump responded about the violence being bad after it happened, almost an hour after it happened. Um, and there are top White House aides that are, that are supposedly reporting that as it happening, how, as it was happening, he watched TV and expressed gratitude that people were quote-unquote fighting for him. All at the same time, he's denying phone calls from terrified representatives and their staffs who are like, hey, Mr. President, we kind of want to not die. And he's like, oh, freak you guys. He didn't call in backup. It was Vice President Pence that did that to get, out, to get the extra help to get those uh, violent thugs out of there. He did nothing. And then his PR team tells him, yo, 
you're going to look like Satan if you don't say something. And he's like, oh, crap, you're right. Let's record ten videos for the next three weeks, and I'll be fine. And that's what he did. Because, again, it's all about the image. He, he never actually cared. Donald Trump, in my opinion, is the biggest scam in U.S. presidential history to date. He ran on this Washington outsider, I'm going to drain the swamp and save America. And all he did was continue the awful policies of past presidents and do a few good things on the side. But doing good things on the side does not admonish you from being a bad person. You know? Uh, I've, sorry, I had a brain fart there. <laughs> um, my point is that it was never about the people. It was never about doing things for people. Trump is an easily bought-off billionaire moron who will believe almost anything you tell him so long as it kind of makes sense and makes him look like a god. Because, again, it was all about being worshipped as the next Abraham Lincoln. It was never about doing anything but being worshipped like the next Abraham Lincoln. Uh, but I am glad that he is leaving. I am glad that he agreed to get out. He may not be conceding. He may not be admitting that he's wrong and he lost. Because, again, he is not someone who will admit he lost. But I am glad he's leaving. But to add insult to injury, he won't be at the inauguration. It'll be Vice President Pence who will be there to help with the process of the inauguration, with the ceremony of it, next Wednesday. Um, but Biden says that's a good thing. So President-elect Joe Biden said Donald Trump's decision to skip his inauguration is, quote, one of the few things he and I have ever agreed on, end quote. It's a good thing, him not showing up. Biden told reporters Friday in Wilmington, Delaware, at a news conference. He exceeded even my worst notions about him. He's been an embarrassment to the country, embarrassed us around the world. He's not worthy to hold that office. However, Biden said he is glad Vice President Mike Pence will attend his inauguration. He's welcome. I think it's important that as much as we can stick to what we have been, have been the historical presidents on how an administration changes should be maintained. And so Mike, the vice president, is welcome to come. We'd be honored to have him there and move forward in the transition, Biden said. Um, I don't like Biden, let's be clear. I don't. I think he's a, a two-faced, backstabbing political liar. He's like Obama, but white and dumber. Um, he's another senile old man. He's passed policies that destroyed the lives of African Americans. But he is, he, and I'm, I don't, I'm not sure if he even writes his own speeches. I don't know if he works with people to write them. And I know he's got to have a giant teleprompter because he can't remember for anything. Um, regardless, Biden has a way of delivering. It's not just about what he's saying, but it is about the way he says it that is um, not comforting, perhaps. But it's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? I guess comforting is the word I could use for now, given that I can't remember it. Um, and I, I, I respect that to, a, to an extent. I don't like him, but I'll, I, res, I will respect that. Um, and I, I'm glad to see that kind of... And I, let me say this. Mm, or maybe I shouldn't. I'm not sure what I think quite yet. I think I'll let it culminate still between now and next episode. And if I change my opinion... Um, we'll come back to it. Um, so, and then one final thing about the rally, about all that. Uh, it was revealed shortly after that before the riot happened, before he, before anything happened, it's revealed that Trump bullied Pence into trying to circumvent the Constitution and simply send back article, or send back um, uh, votes to the states. Um, let me find the actual... Here we go. So, Pence, first of all, I respect him very, very much right now because of his actions during the riot, because of the fact he did not try and push the constitutional boundaries that were set before him, and he followed the rules. I'm glad he did that. I respect him very much for all of, he, all of what he did, especially after these comments 
that uh, right before it all happened. As Pence was headed over to the Capitol, Trump called him one last time. Quote, you can either go down in history as a patriot, President Trump allegedly told him. Excuse the profanity, uh, but I'm directly quoting him here. Quote, or you can go down in history as a pussy. Just let that culminate for a moment. So, what this finally... Well, first of all, it actually finally confirms two things for me. First of all, it says clearly here, when he, the fact that he's worried about Trump or Pence going down in history as a patriot, again, it's all about whether or not history will glorify them like a martyr. That's all he ever wanted. Trump wants to be Abraham Lincoln. Second of all, it shows his narcissistic bully attitude where he thinks he can step on people who will uh, who don't uh, obey his will. He wants loyalists. He's like Andrew Jackson. He wants loyalists, not honest, critical members of his staff. And Pence was supposedly fur furious, like visibly furious over that. And perhaps that is what pushed him to not do it. I'm not sure. All I do know is that I respect him heavily for that. And I am very glad that he is the only one that's showing up to the inauguration of the next president, that he's going to be the one that kind of represents the end of that um, and all that. So after all this happened, Democrats say um, that, that, uh, v, that if Vice President Pence wasn't willing to pursue um, the 25th Amendment to get Trump out of office in his last about week of, as president, they said they'll, they'll impeach him a second time. So, um, what they wanted Pence to do was invoke the 25th Amendment and have Trump removed from office, uh, essentially saying he's not fit to, to be in the office of president. Now, Republicans are saying this move, and of course the, the move of saying uh, impeachment was ahead, Republicans are saying that this is a political ploy. It's like the first impeachment. Now, the first impeachment, let me be clear, I actually do think was a political ploy. I think they went for the worst possible charge that had little to no evidence on their side simply so that they could get him, try and get him out of office because that's all they cared about. However, this time, I actually agree with them. Despite the fact that he's only got seven days, well, now he's only got, uh, let's see... Uh, today, tomorrow, that's one, two, three, like five days left in office. I actually did wish he would have gotten out uh, because I think at the point to which Trump incites this type of violence with his ignorant rhetoric, whether it was purposeful or not, uh, if you aren't aware that your rhetoric could cause violence, then you don't deserve to have a position in which you can influence people to such an extent. Um... But I do think this holds more ground simply because of the fact that he did incite insurrection. Uh, I do think there was it was likely it it could have been per, it could have been like he like wanted there to be violence. I'm not sure. I think it's possible. I also think it probably could be not possible too. Um, but they wanted Pence to pursue the 25th Amendment for Trump and get him out of there. He did not. Again, I respect him for that simply because I think he just wants to try and ride out these last couple of days, and I think that's uh, perfectly honorable. Um, and then Twitter bans Trump, Facebook bans Trump, YouTube bans Trump. Why are they all banning Trump? They're all saying, well, his words are whatever. Now, world leaders are denouncing these big tech companies for allowing this to happen. Um... Sorry. I don't know what's going on. World leaders are denouncing it, but the website is suddenly blocked and I can't find it. Um, all I know is that world leaders across the world are, are denouncing Trump's Twitter ban, saying, no, 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 he should not be banned. Why is this? Well, conservatives are also denouncing his Twitter ban. Um, and for the first time I've ever seen, liberals are suddenly in favor of, uh, of private business doing stuff. What? So... A lot of people are saying that Trump's Twitter ban, it sets a dangerous precedent that, that these companies can just ban world leaders from speaking. Now, the argument is that, well, his words are so dangerous that they caused an insurrection. Why should he be allowed to speak? On that hand, I'm like, well, that kind of makes sense. But on the other hand, I'm also thinking, well, this gives Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, it gives these huge 
company monopolies the right to ban world leaders from speaking, potentially because they disagree with them. Because let's be honest, these sites have biases. They absolutely have biases, and they absolutely cater towards their own biases. Groups like Project Veritas, of which I don't fully, like I'd say I respect the, or not respect them, that I love them, but I respect them because they uncover a lot of bias in places like Twitter and Facebook and such. Um, so what's important then is that if they can ban world leaders for, they've wanted a reason to ban Trump for years, for for four years, first of all, and they finally got it. Um, but this sets a dangerous precedent for, for other world leaders, as well as for average people, in my opinion. And uh, I actually agree that he should have not have been deplatformed because of the fact that sets a dangerous precedent. I see the thinking that, oh, oh, his words incited such a dangerous thing, why should we allow him to speak? Uh, but, I mean, why do you let, um, I, I forget, Ayatollah, I think it is, who talks, who, who is a man who constantly is talking about how, how gays should be killed. Why do you let, um, why do you let Xi Jinping speak when he's a man who not just with words, but with actions is, is, is putting, uh, Uyghurs, Muslims, blacks into concentration camps in, in China? Why are we letting these other violent, extreme, horrible people say these awful things, but when Trump does it, it's it's suddenly, oh, no, 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 this is too far. This is way too far. Let's also look back at the, I believe it was the Ugandan election. They, like, blocked all of their people from using Twitter, and Twitter put out a statement saying, no, 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 even, no, it wasn't Twitter. No, yeah, and Twitter was like, nah, you can't ban us because social media is important to free speech. Um, another thing was, uh, Mark Zuckerberg made a statement on Facebook years ago, um, and, a, a wonderful man, John, John Burke, uh, confirmed that this was real, was talking about that even if someone's p beliefs or the things they say on Facebook are wrong or bad, it shouldn't be our ability as a company to block them because that gives us an amount of power we don't deserve to have. Of course, that's not exactly what he's saying, I was paraphrasing there, but that's the general uh, consensus. And he's, that consensus is right. If you give these people the power to block people, block world leaders, especially sitting world leaders, uh, then it sets dangerous precedents for censorship in the future. In my opinion, I think we need to reevaluate Section 230 of the C uh, Communications Decency Act of, I believe, 1996. Not completely abolish it, but reevaluate it. It was designed during a time in which these companies were not these huge internet monopolies, which they are now. It, it was a time when it seemed fair to protect them, but these protections, I think, have actually become dangerous to these companies because they are not these small little guys that need to be treated um, uh, as like a third source, as a third party. Th these people need to be held accountable for the things they are and are not balking. Whether or not that actually means reevaluating Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act is debatable. But I do think something needs to happen there, and I think we should definitely not allow them to ban, um, fully ban uh, the accounts of people, uh, of world leaders. Now, I'm, never, I'm not a Twitter user. I don't ever want to use Twitter again. Twitter, I, th I don't think anyone should use Twitter. I think social media, but especially Twitter, is a cesspool for bad ideas to become popular. Social media further helps empower the stupidity. Well, I say stupidity. I should probably use the word ignorance is better. Social media, all social media, helps empower often the ignorance of... of, of uh, of the American mind, but of minds everywhere. It's incredibly powerful to enlighten your mind, but you have to actively go in there and set it up so that, you know, the algorithm will constantly do something, will constantly work in the favor of enlightening you. But a lot of people don't already do that because a lot of people are already ignorant going into this situation. So what then is important to realize is that um, people uh, <clears throat> then create a pattern with the algorithms in which ignorance is constantly being thrown in their face because they go to seek it out. It creates an echo chamber. It empowers partisanship. It does no good to sit on social media, get your information from social media, or to uh, promote your, um, your overall discourse in social media because it often empowers bad ideas to become popular, which I think is incredibly dangerous. One more time, I want to make sure to remind you to follow my Instagram. That's at Huey Noah. That's at H-U-G-H-E-Y-N-O-A-H. That's at Huey Noah. Make sure to support the show by buying my merch, my books, in the shop section of my website. 
Um, that's https colon forward slash forward slash real Noah Huey 2135.wixsite.com forward slash under the stars show. Uh, there's lots of cool stuff on there. Make sure to check it out. So, uh, the next, the final thing. The House undergoes a second debate on impeachment and impeaches for the second time Donald Trump, uh, uh, Donald President Trump. He's the first president in U.S. history to be impeached twice, and his Senate trial is expected to go under after the inauguration, which is interested. interesting. So, President Trump doubled down Tuesday on the uh, uh, incendiary rhetoric that incited the Capitol riot, warning darkly that it was dangerous to the United States for him to be impeached for his conduct. Trump also claimed that his inflammatory comments at a rally shortly before the invasion of the halls of Congress by thousands of his supporters on Wednesday were not harmful. Um... Quote, this is, oh, sorry. Quote, this impeachment is causing tremendous anger, and you're doing it, and it's a really terrible thing that they're doing. Trump said, apparently blaming reporters for his looming impeachment. For House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Democratic Leader Chuck Schumer to continue this path, I think it's causing tremendous danger to our country, and it's causing tremendous anger, he said. The president then added, I want no violence. Um, unfortunately, however, for him, it was too late. The House voted for the first time uh, to, to impeach the president for a second time. And this is the first impeachment that is as bipartisan as it was. Ten Republicans, including number three Republican Liz Cheney, voted yes on impeachment with the Democrats. I respect those Republicans highest amongst any of them. And um, it's an interesting thought. I think it's warranted, and I think... The, I think there should be a Senate trial. Mitch McConnell, first of all, said in a statement that he is furious with Trump. So that blew me out of the water. And, he, and I think he's open to the idea of, impe of, a, of, a, of an actual trial uh, in which will take place after the inauguration, which is a strange thing. And it's, this is the part where the right says that, oh, well, that's stupid. He's not president anymore. Why should we even care? And at first I was like, yeah, I don't really see that. I don't know why we would want to impeach and get rid of him when he's got five days left in office and the Senate trial may not even happen until after he's out. But then it occurred to me. I, I, I own a copy of the Constitution. I was reading through it trying to get some understanding of what's going on here. I look into it and I go, oh, hold on. In this part here, uh, where is it? Um, I... I don't remember which part it is. There's two parts that speak of impeachment, but there is the point to which if a member, uh, especially the president, is impeached, they are never allowed to run for office of any kind ever again so long as they live. And I think that's the goal of removing him from office properly, of having the Senate trial, preventing him from ever getting in power. We may, not, we may have a harder time preventing his rhetoric from corrupting the ignorant minds of American citizens, but we can do one thing, keep him from ever having political power in this country ever again. And that's a move that I support heavily, especially now. Um, I think Trump as president, kind of giving you some final thoughts, uh, as about Trump, because I've talked about him since the beginning of this show. Let's see, our show started like a little, almost three years, almost, or not even, uh, it started at the end of his second year in office, and he's been the main, he's been a big focus of a lot of our stuff, but closing off on Trump as president, I hope history remembers him as he deserves to be remembered. He committed good things. Helped black and Hispanic unemployment, did stuff that massively helped the economy, brought many, many jobs that were taken away from average Americans, brought them back to this country, uh, and many other things. He, he massively helped incarcerated black, black Americans. Uh, however, he also is an ignorant, self-righteous man corrupted by the influence of partisanship and uh, um, self-righteous notions. Um, 
His influence on other people only further further broke the divide between Americans, and uh, he further empowered the ignorance of the average American citizen. Uh, he's a man who, now I see, only ever cared about what we will say about him in retrospect. Everything, if not every, or almost everything, if not everything, he did was likely something he thought, man, people are going to worship me like Abraham Lincoln. And that's honestly what I think he wanted. He wanted to be the next Abraham Lincoln. He wanted you and your children, your grandchildren, and generations of Americans for hundreds of years to, to uh, study him as if he was Lincoln. And uh, he, is a, he is an embarrassment and a shame to the office of the presidency of the United States. Joe Biden is not a good man. He's not a good president, I mean. I don't think he will be. I think he'll also do good things here and there, but will ultimately likely empower the uh, partisanship of uh, both sides. He will make, normalize the, the office and such, kind of give it a return to the Obama era of early 2000s, of 20th century, of 19th and 20th century, or of 20th and 21st century politics, going back to that kind of corruption instead of the Trump kind. Um, but I'd say the way he's able to compose himself is certainly better than the way Trump did. And uh, I, I fully hope Trump is removed from office. He does not deserve to have that power uh, ever again in any way. Um, he wants to start a political action committee. Uh, I hope... I just hope that this will be the end of it for him. Um, it'll take time to fight the effects of Trumpism on uh, the United States, but I am in fully uh, intending on uh, being a part of that. We need to see the corruption and partisanship of these ideologies and parties within them uh, is harmful to American discourse. Donald Trump is the key example of that because he is a reflection of us. You may not want to think it, and you may not see it, but you're likely very similar to him. You are likely very similar to Donald Trump, and that should terrify you. Because he wasn't the start. He got that from us. Uh, and uh, as a citizens, as a, as a nation, as leaders, we need to fight that partisanship. Otherwise, there truly likely won't be a country left because eventually one side or the other will win. And when they do, America will become the utopia they so desperately want to make. And when it does, what they will realize, hopefully, is that all along their ideological utopias truly were inconceivable from the start. God bless the United States of America. God bless all of you. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And I will see you next week. Bye-bye.